לקוטי שיחס, חלק חוף, שיחה א', פרשס ויחי. In this week's Torah portion, we experience the passing of Yaakov after 17 years in the land of Goshen. Prior to his passing, Yaakov gathered his sons, and in imparting to them blessings and a legacy, he wished to reveal to them the end of days. The Torah tells us in Perak Memtes, chapter 49, in Pasuk Aleph, in the first verse, Vayikra Yaakov el Banov, Vayemer, Heyasfu vaagidolachem es asher yikra, Eschem vaachris hayomim. Jacob called for his sons and said, Gather, and I will tell you what will happen to you at the end of days. Our sages explain, and this is incorporated into Rashi's explanation as well, that Yaakov desired to reveal to his children the end of days, but the divine presence withdrew from him, and he did not. This is a most surprising situation. Certainly, Yaakov's desire to reveal the end of days to his sons was so that they and generations after them could benefit from the information. But what benefit really could they or Jews in generations to come have from a revelation of the end of days at that time? In fact, if Yaakov had revealed the end of days, a time that was generations and thousands of years into the future, and we are still waiting, not only would this be purposeless, but it could in fact have brought a dreadful dispiritedness and brokenness to Jews. Commentaries attempt to explain this saying, that Yaakov only wanted to reveal the end of days to his sons, who are all righteous men. And he trusted that though the end of days was still a long way off, they would not be swayed from God. Yet clearly, God did not want even this, and the divine presence left him. So, as it not become known to latter generations through his sons, and caused many to lose hope, realizing that the end of days was so far off. But this explanation falls short. The possibility of this becoming known to the descendants of Yaakov's sons, had Yaakov revealed this information, is pretty obvious. And in that case, why did Yaakov even consider revealing the end of days to his children? As well and more significant yet, the primary issue remains, and that is what would the benefit be to Yaakov's sons if they had this information? There's something else that requires some clarification here. The sages offered two opinions regarding the fact that Yaakov did not reveal the end of days. One is that this information became hidden from Yaakov. This is the opinion of the Midrash, which tells us Yaakov was about to reveal the end of days and it was hidden from him. The second opinion of our sages is that it wasn't hidden from Yaakov, but he chose not to reveal this. This is highlighted in the tractate of Psachim, as Rashi teaches it. Yaakov wanted to reveal this, but the divine presence disappeared from him. Not that he forgot when the end of days would be. He didn't. But when he realized that the divine presence had removed itself from him, he knew that God did not want him to reveal this, and so he did not. 
or the intention of the divine presence left him, is actually that Yaakov's ability to draw the divine presence down, to manifest this revelation of the time of the end of days into the realm of his sons left him, and so he did not reveal this. So whatever the answer is, whichever the, of the opinions explains this, clearly God could hold Yaakov back from revealing the end of days to his sons, even if Yaakov knows this information. What then is the purpose of the explanation that the Midrash offers, that the knowledge itself was hidden from Yaakov? This entire discussion tells us that whether the end of days was revealed or whether that information is withheld, both would be to the benefit of a Jew in his spiritual service. Both were with the intention of the benefit of a Jew in his spiritual service. In fact, more than that even, Yaakov, who was one of our forefathers, who are all a Merkava, a chariot to God's will exclusively all their lives. So learning that Yaakov wanted to do something tells us that what Yaakov wanted was in complete congruence with what God wanted. And in that moment, Yaakov continued to be a chariot to God's will alone. But it was God who made this revelation impossible because in the situation that the children of Israel found themselves, it was more important not to reveal the end of days. That was of greater use to them. Therefore, there are two opinions. According to one, Yaakov too needed the awareness that not knowing when this would be was a benefit to his sons. Thus, this was hidden from him in that moment. Yet the second opinion says that it was only significant that Yaakov's sons not have this knowledge of when the end of days would be, and so it was not actually withheld from Yaakov. We can explain this according to the explanation our sages give for the verse in the Torah portion of Bishalach. You will bring them and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place that you, O God, made for your dwelling. If they had merited the redemption at that time, God would have brought them immediately when they left Egypt to a base Hamigdash that would have been built by God himself, and there would be no possibility of a destruction of a temple, and thus never again would exile be experienced. So had they been worthy, the end of days would have been soon after Jacob's passing, when they would leave Egypt. We could accordingly explain the words, Yaakov wanted to reveal the end of days as a desire to reveal to them the end of days that was within their possible potential when they would leave Egypt. But they already knew when they were supposed to leave Egypt because God had told Avraham that his children would be strangers in a foreign land for 400 years, after which they would leave Egypt with great wealth. So what did Yaakov want to reveal? Well, it's true they did know they would leave Egypt after a period of 400 years, but they did not know that if they were meritorious, this could be the final redemption. This was what Yaakov wanted to reveal to them. This can explain Yaakov's intention in wanting to reveal the end of days to his sons. He understood that when they would hear this wonderful news, that the end of days was near, 
they would endeavor greatly to be worthy and would be extremely careful not to do anything sinful that could delay the end of days. But this explanation is not quite sufficient, as Yaakov's death was just under 200 years before they actually left Egypt, and on that basis could cause great sadness, as a lifespan is 120 years, and thus no one living at that time would have merited the redemption. So we go right back to our original question, of why did he want to reveal this? We thus explain that Yaakov's intention in the desire to reveal the end of days was that Yaakov felt that if they knew that the date was dependent on their merit, they would strengthen their divine service, and that would then make them worthy and bring on the redemption even earlier, as our sages indeed teach in the Tractate of Sanhedrin and in many other sources, that Mashiach will come either on the designated day or if we are particularly meritorious, he will come early. This idea is similar to their leaving Egypt. They left Egypt after just 210 years and not after 400. Why? Because the exile was such a difficult one that it in itself was counted as years. And just as the terrible servitude in Egypt brought on an early redemption, so too and even more so a meritorious people would have brought on an early redemption. Yet the divine presence left Yaakov, and he was not permitted to reveal the end of days. Why? What makes us worthy is our divine service, the effort we put in and the work we do. In fact, our sages say that a person would rather his own measure of produce to sell than nine measures of his friend's produce. That may be so, but we still always need God's divine assistance in everything that we do. The Talmud and Kedushan teaches that without God's assistance, we could never even fight the evil inclination. True, but there are two ways that this can manifest. One is that the help from above is distinctly experienced by man at the time of his divine effort. For example, when we engage in divine service, when it's a time of divine favor, like during the 10 days of repentance between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. God is close to us at that time, and similarly on Shabbos or on Yom Tov. Or there is a divine service that cannot be felt by a Jew, divine assistance that cannot be felt by a Jew at the time of his divine service. One knows of it or is conscious of it only afterwards, and at the time it's experienced as man's own efforts in his divine service. An example of this experience would be the heavenly voice that calls out to a Jew daily to return to God. But we can't hear that heavenly voice. It's only experienced as an awakening, a quickening to repentance that brings a Jew to strengthen his Torah observance and his divine service as a result of that feeling. This is why the divine presence departed from Yaakov. Had he revealed the end of days to his sons, their strengthening their own relationship with God would have become diluted as it mixed with the divine assistance they would now be conscious of. Thus, the divine presence departed from him 
so that the work of bringing the redemption would be through their own efforts, where the divine presence is concealed and the date of the end of days is hidden. Yaakov, for his part, wanted to hasten their departure from exile, even if it would mean that their divine service wasn't complete or full or was somehow tainted by their consciousness of God's divine assistance. As a father, he just wanted them to be able to leave the depraved land of Egypt, the sooner the better, and to enter into a state of complete and true redemption. This would help us understand the expression Yaakov sought, he desired to reveal the days of redemption. He so wanted this, this and so thus asked of God to reveal the end of days so that they could receive help in their service and ensure the speedy deliverance of redemption. But God wanted otherwise. God wanted the redemption to be whole, and that wholeness could only be determined by the wholeness of one's divine service or the divine service of a nation. Thus, the divine presence departed from Jacob, ensuring that the divine service of his sons would be a complete one. There's a very, very deep idea here. The result of a complete redemption dependent upon a divine service where God's presence seems to be gone, a service that is just the efforts in divine service of the Jewish nation who cannot feel God's presence isn't some side issue that connects the way in which their divine service manifests and the redemption itself. It's actually the way. This is the type of divine service that an ultimate and eternal redemption depends on. In order for the redemption to be an eternal one, unchanging the service of a Jew too, that can herald in this type of redemption, must similarly be unchanging and staunch. So if the divine service of a Jew has the consciousness of divine assistance and not a sense of one's own effort and work, it doesn't allow for an eternality in the divine service because if a Jew suddenly feels like God's presence is concealed, he may falter in his divine service. And it's only when one's divine service stems from one's own work, from an Isarusa diltata, from efforts that begin with man below, does it last and have eternality, and only then can it lead to an eternal, unchanging redemption. So this then brings up the question in the reverse. What did Yaakov think at the outset when he sought from God to reveal the end of days to his sons, if this was indeed a revelation that would cause them to strengthen their divine service, but resulting in a redemption that would not be forever, not an ultimate redemption. Via Hasidic thought, this can be explained as follows. Yaakov is identified with the world of Atsilus, the realm of absolute oneness with God, where the sense of self has been so refined that all is godliness alone. As Yaakov has already post this refinement and close to his death, in a state of purity and wholeness, whole in his personal divine service, one which would through revealing the end of days, 
result only in further wholeness, he so wanted to reveal the end of days to his sons, thinking that his sons too were on the same spiritual level. In fact, when the Divine Presence departed from him, the Talmud tells us that Yaakov was so surprised in realizing that perhaps his sons were not on the same spiritual level, thinking this was why the Divine Presence had departed. And this helps us understand the two opinions we mentioned, whether or not the end of days was actually concealed from Yaakov or not. The Midrash says it was concealed from him because God wanted Yaakov to see the value of a divine service that was based solely on their efforts and to show his sons the benefit of this divine service that is impacted by not knowing the day of redemption. But the opinion of the Talmud is that the divine presence departed from him, not the day of re the redemption, because Yaakov was already on the level of wholeness that his sons would arrive at through the concealment of this information. Yes, God prevented Yaakov from revealing when the end of days would come to his sons. Yet, as Yaakov was a chariot for God's will alone, the fact that Yaakov initially sought and desired to reveal this day tells us that his desire was even then aligned with God's will. More so, in fact, as a tzaddik's bequest is never returned unheeded and empty, there was certainly an effect below in our world as a result of Yaakov's desire. And that this is recorded in Torah tells us that there is an eternal lesson to be learned for all generations. This is like when Moshe, in the beginning of the portion of Eschanan, begged of God to allow him to cross the Jordan and to see the land. He was, in fact, asking to take the nation from a state of hearing God's word to seeing God's word. His request was not fulfilled because the nation were only worthy then of hearing God's word. And yet his request made a transcendent experience of seeing God possible. And there were even those who became worthy or who were worthy, who were able through Moshe's request to experience this then in an imminent way. So too with Yaakov. Once he asked for the end of days to be revealed, he made it possible for the nation to experience a transcendent consciousness of a time when serving God would be done with complete freedom from the dominion of foreign nations and free of the Yetzirah. And there were those who were able to experience this in an imminent way, and this is why throughout the generations of exile, there were great leaders like Rav Sajagon and Maimonides, who gave prospective dates to the end of days. We draw an insight from this for all Jews in all generations. There must be a seeking, a wanting to reveal the day of revelation. A Jew must desire and seek the revelation of this day, wanting this, yearning for this day, and thinking about it assists one greatly in his or her divine service. And we do see this practically. When you say to a Jew, Mashiach is almost there, and we express the want for Mashiach now, it influences others and empowers them in their divine service. And it encourages people to be careful with mitzvahs so that we don't cause 
a further delay, God forbid, in the coming revelation. In our days, there's still something more here. In Torah, the Torah of Truth, it says in the Tractate of Sanhedrin that all prospective dates have long been met and nothing stands between us in redemption but for the tshuva that we must do. And tshuva is not a long, drawn-out experience. In a single hour, with one turn to tshuva, we can be propelled into an immediate redemption, literally immediate, now in our time.